Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounders podcast, everybody. Uh, it is the World Cup time. It's time to talk with our pal Nick. Uh, had him on a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I could just sense he wanted to break down the U.S.'s back line for us for about half an hour. So had to have him back on to chat all things World Cup. Nick, how are we doing today? And can't wait till uh, this World Cup starts feeling good and ready to just call in sick at work and stay at home and watch some, as much World Cup as possible. Yeah. Um, before we actually get into the football stuff, uh, I think it's important as we talk about this World Cup, like the actual football, uh, the fun stuff on the field. I think it is important in conjunction to talk about uh, some of the stuff that's happening off the pitch in Qatar uh, with its kind of its uh, lack of respect for all people and everything. How are you kind of uh, how has the environment around this World Cup in particular affected how you're thinking about it and how you're, uh, yeah, just like how you're considering all of it. Well, it's just a matter of actually understanding what exactly is going on. I remember I was in college back in, I think, 2010 when it was announced and we were all like, all of us soccer fans over there were excited because the United States was also in the running for um, being the host country for this. And they announced Russia and then they announced that Qatar were going to be the hosts. And at the time, it was just very bizarre. They just didn't seem like especially Qatar, like a country that could host a World Cup. I think we had to pull out the maps, like what even is this country? Um, I was, you know, obviously in college at the time. Um, But now it's also trying to learn like what's actually gone on behind the scenes for them to actually get this um, to be the hosts. And then what have they done to prepare for it? And what have the unintended consequences been uh, in, in, you know, in terms of human rights and other issues that have come with giving it to them? And TIFO has done a great job. I'm not sure if you've seen their series on actually outlining the, the actual timeline and history of the geopolitics behind it. They think they've done five episodes that they've released every day this week that people really should go and watch if you actually want to understand. Because even before watching that, I was like, I know this is bad. I know they have human rights issues, but it really goes down to tell you it's, it's more than just them. You actually 
have an understanding of like how soccer really is a reflection of what's going on in the world beyond just this one host country and the corruption that's everywhere. So I think it's one of those things where you should kind of be a little bit uneasy about it. But at the end of the day, I think it's still okay to enjoy like the actual footballers on the field and the fans who, you know, love the game and keep it going because that's what this tournament's all about. A hundred percent. I think that's, if you're going to participate in the World Cup, I think it is important. Like you can't just ignore this stuff. Like with the globalization of football over the last couple of decades in particular, like you're seeing the side effects of how that affects greedy people. Like we've seen in FIFA with the uh, World Cup being given to uh, Russia and uh, Qatar. And then of course, like, I mean, there was with the impact it even had in Brazil, and I'm not sure about South Africa before that, but I know like the impact it had on the surrounding areas in Brazil was pretty terrible. Uh, and so, yeah, it definitely just puts like a, a shadow over things. It's it's hard to digest all of that and still enjoy the football. It's very it's very similar to how how it is kind of watching the NFL, right? We, I shouldn't say it's 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 similar. It's not similar, uh, but it's like it's acknowledging the the head injuries and the CT of the NFL and the danger that the players are in. Like with sports now, you're having to like, just like, excuse me, fully encompass everything that's going on on the field, off the field, and the way that it impacts everybody around it while you enjoy the thing. And it's complicated, but, you know, we can't bury our heads in the sand. Yeah, there's going to be a reckoning one day, at least I hope that, you know, we don't continue on this path of like the money and the sports and it takes away the soul of the game. Um, I mean, I just go back to like, to me, the South African World Cup was so special. And maybe I was just naive and younger at the time. But part of me was like, you should be and honestly, I love Japan and and South Korea's World Cup as well. There's a few I think those are my two favorites, actually, in my whole lifetime. And part of me is always thinking, you know, to be a host country, I know there is an economic aspect to it, you have to have the infrastructure to be able to do it. But to me, it's just to be able to celebrate a culture. And it was really sad to me that I mean, literally, you read about the history, and this is a country that is literally just was constructed with oil money, and there is no culture there. I mean, it sounds bad to say, but it's literally just a, a money that was built on on corruption and colonialism back in the day. And they wanted to be able to show off to the rest of the world to be taken seriously. So they went through, you know, a couple of decades long process in order to be able to one build an academy to have an actual respectable football team and then to actually be you know get a huge event like this and be able to show the rest of the world that they should be taken seriously it's a van it was essentially a vanity project and um, what a failed um, vanity project like it's not like they have this incredible results and they were able to sweep all of the human rights violations under the rug like everybody knows that this is a disaster and it's an unbelievable embarrassment for qatar for fifa for anyone who was involved in that and I hope that more stories come out like uh, like we found out kind of about how France was involved in this and yeah. uh, more countries, you know, if they were involved, like all of that should be exposed. Um, let's get to the football. I, I just think oh. I thought it was important to preface our conversation with that. Uh, this is a strange World Cup, like we talked about for a variety of reasons off the pitch, but on the pitch because of the schedule, like we've been continually talking about every time I have you on, like, because it's, it's been this cloud over the domestic season and now it's here and we're dealing with injuries that have somewhat leveled the field a lot. Um, like there's not, there's a few teams that you would, that I'm sure most people think are the favorites, but with how many injuries there are, uh, this is kind of the most like level set world cup we've had in a while because of the fatigue. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's that was you know clearly not a good idea, and here are the the consequences of that. And I hope that we never do a World Cup at this time of the year again. Uh, these calendars are there for a, for a reason, and you need to have time. Um, even if you were going to do this, it always surprised me that it was like one week off really before the World Cup starts, and then another week off before it starts up again after the World Cup. I thought there would be um, more of a drastic like restructuring of the actual calendar for the club season in order to make this happen. And they're like, no, you know, there's too much money in the line. We need these games. So I think, you know, for some of the bigger countries like Brazil, they could have an injury and still be fine. But a country like Senegal, when you lose Mane, it's like, ah, there goes your World Cup chances. For the smaller nations, it's where it's just totally costly and impossible to put your best foot forward without your best players. But I think the ones who are the favorites are still going to be okay, even though everyone has had a few injuries here or there. Yeah, I mean, like you think about France, right? With a, They're basically having to completely revamp their midfield with Pogba and Conte out. Uh, I guess Camavinga is probably kind of the, the guy that they're expecting to take a lot of that responsibility. But yeah. um, and then they lost someone else, didn't they? I think they have, but then they have so many other players to back them up that it's like, yeah. oh, France is still fantastic. So yeah, don't care for them too um, much. Who I don't I, I don't want to know who you think is going to win yet. Who are you most excited to watch? I'm taking the U.S. out of this because we're going to talk about them because we're both in the United States. Uh, and if you want to hear some insufferable. Uh, United States fans in a little bit. Just wait for that. So let's take the U.S. off the table. Uh, who are you most excited to watch? Um, okay, I'll give you a few teams that I'm excited to watch. One, and obviously I have an American bias, a CONCACAF bias, but I'm excited to watch Canada because they were so enthralling throughout World Cup qualifying. They're extremely well coached. They're pragmatic, but they're also exciting. They know how to get forward and they have great talent. And I think Canada is a team that's playing in a difficult group, but that could surprise a lot of people. Um, so that's the first one, just following them so closely because of the CONCACAF qualifications. Do you know what the latest on Alfonso Davies is? I'm Googling He's it there. Right um, I think he's going to play. I'm not sure if he's going to start or even play the first game, but I, I think he's going to he's gonna feature for sure. Okay, good. Um, and it sounds horrible and it is horrible, but Davies is a player who's had injuries. Like This is not the first time he's been injured and Canada's been able to play without him. So as bad as it is because he is their best player, they actually have more depth and you'd think and it, maybe they don't have more depth but the truth is they're just very well coached so, yeah, so he is on horrible. his way uh i guess he's like he's he's there i guess so yeah, he's, he's there probably, i don't know if he's they haven't mentioned if he's going to play in the first match yet or not but yes carry Who are on. they playing yeah. in the first match is it one of their more difficult games let's look at that that's a, that is a great question um they play on match day three against yeah <clears throat> yeah it's against belgium <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Well, it's uh, one of those. Maybe it's almost a better thing. Maybe they'll be ready to go two and three and win those two. Oh, their second match is against Croatia. So that sucks. They have their two hardest matches in the first two. <laughs> they they have a tough group, which is why I think they honestly could be a spoiler because Croatia, Croatia is an older team. They have a lot of talent. Even Morocco is good. There's a lot of teams. So I like Canada. The other team that I think is, you know, it has their golden generation. So you have to give them respect is Denmark. I think this is their kind of right in their prime. And uh, I think they could top the group above of France. And also, I think Japan is pretty fun and special to watch. Another very well-coached team that's very technical and fast. And they're, you know, first Barcelona fans are playing in the same group as Spain, I believe. So Spain, Germany, Germany, and Costa Rica are in their group. So I think that Spain better be, you know, on alert against them. And so should Germany, because I think they could be a spoiler. There was a match. Was it against 
who was it in the last World Cup that Japan should have beat that they choked in like the last minute? Was it Belgium? Belgium, I think. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that kind of a tackle where yeah. all at the very last minute from the corner kick, yep. Courtois got the save, and then they just did this massive, insane counterattack against oh. Japan. And, and I can still picture goal. the Japanese players just like on their back, just devastated because they threw it away. That yeah, okay. Um, who? So I, I I'm gonna read five group stage matches, and if you can remember them, actually, I'm, I'm gonna put them in the the Zoom chat as well. Uh, I want you to tell me who, which group stage matches you're most excited for out of these. Uh, for those listening, we have uh, Spain, Germany, Wales versus England, U.S. versus England, Poland versus Argentina. And it, do you say Uruguay or Uruguay? I've heard it both ways. I mean, Uruguay would be like the Spanish way to say it, but Uruguay would be the English. Okay, I was going to say I'm not going to embarrass myself saying, trying to trying you to hold my arm. Uruguay, or you can say Uruguay. <laughs> I'm going to say Uruguay. Just, Uruguay. Just, All right. that and then Uruguay to versus Spanish Portugal. accent. Um, yeah. So while you think about it personally, I it's like you it's U.S. versus England for me because it comes the day after Thanksgiving and I think it's hilarious that that happens. Uh, one of those two teams is probably going to be in peril because they're both destined to it seems trip over their own feet in the World Cup. Uh, but outside of that, I'm probably most excited for uh, Uruguay versus Portugal because I like yeah. and it, again it's not like it's like a you know. <laughs> A lot of people like Uruguay, but for whatever reason, with how good Fede Valverde has been, and then mm-hmm. like that just old core veteran attack, I actually think I think Suarez and Darwin are starting, and I think Cavani might be coming off the bench. I'm not sure, uh, but just a very like they're just going to be fun to watch, and I wouldn't be and surprised if they come out on top of their group. Yeah, uh, I think they're the other dark horse for sure, and I think they are so talented. You mentioned Valverde, and you got Darwin Nunez, and you got the the veterans and Suarez and Cavani and they have so many good players on that team. Araujo hopefully will will feature as well. I mean, hopefully in a reasonable amount of a minute. Given... Say, yeah, hopefully. I, I, I don't know. There was yeah, actually, I think there was literally a, there was literally a report that Jill put up on the site. I think I think she might still be working on it. Where Barcelona are reportedly like uh, very 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 concerned about. Uh, yeah, it's scheduled to go up tonight, so I'm just going to give a little preview of this. Uh, Barcelona are quote a little concerned about Araujo's swift comeback and feel he may be rushing his recovery in order to be featured in Qatar, according to Sport. Uh, he's a, apparently, quote, assured the club he will not take any risks. That's literally like my my five-year-old coming to me and telling me, like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of things. Like, he's playing for the... I'm not trying to compare him to a five-year-old, but, like, he's going to... He, of course he's going to risk it. It's the World Cup. This is what he grew up dreaming about. And so it's a very conflicting situation for the club. And honestly, for him... I hope he gets to play and mm-hmm. I hope he gets to achieve his dream and I hope he doesn't get more hurt because of it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's that Uruguayan spirit. They're really known for just being a tough team. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, you know, they're going to do well and he's going to want to help the team win because I think they are a very strong team that could go far. And it's funny against Portugal. You mentioned that's the game that's really exciting because you have, in my opinion, kind of like the divas of Portugal and this Cristiano Ronaldo situation versus a team in Uruguay that's no nonsense and that's going to come after you. And, um, you know, I like them to win that game. And I think it'll be really exciting because you got this finesse and skill coming from Portugal and you got some skill coming from Uruguay too. But I think they're very pragmatic and um, they're going to be a really hard team for anybody to beat in this tournament. So I got to say, I do feel far. bad that Portugal is going to be defined by this uh, temper tantrum of the last week and a half, right? Honestly, last couple months from Cristiano Ronaldo, because like you said, like a very fun team. And a team that's going to be thrilling to watch. And uh, I guess you could just do your best to ignore the larger narrative about Ronaldo. 
and his uh his Manchester United stint because that matchup, like you said, it it really is like a it's almost kind of like an American football clash of like offense and defense, even though Uruguay is obviously as they have a potent attack. But like you said, like the grit that they play with versus more of the finesse of Portugal is just fascinating. So that's my pick. Yeah. What is your most anticipated group stage match? Well, as an American, it's got to be United States versus England. It's going to be, it's the second game. So it's going to be super consequential and it's just set up to be, you know, a great storyline. Although I think both teams could have better managers I actually hope it doesn't turn into a boring game because of like bad tactics. Oh, I, I would, uh, <laughs> that, that is exactly what I'm expecting. <laughs> it's what it could be. Um, I, I think that's got to be my my favorite group stage game. Let me, let me just take a quick look. I'll make sure I didn't miss anyone's. Yeah, what your favorite one was? Uh, the other, so some of the other good ones were Spain, Germany, uh, Poland, Argentina, Wales versus England. Spain, Germany has got to be up there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Spain, Germany, I think would be my other one. Um, because like I said, I think because Japan's going to get points and they're going to be good, I think that could be a really important game for both those teams and one of them might risk getting knocked out if they don't win it. So I'm going to put Spain Germany up there. And I want to just get an early look at Brazil too to see if they're the real deal. So maybe Brazil, Serbia will be just a good test. Who do you think are favorites in the U.S.'s opening match against Wales? I, to me, it's England number one, and then Wales, Iran, and the United States are a toss-up. I think no, they're... I, I'm sorry. I mean, like, in, in particular in the matchup, U.S. versus Wales in their opening match. I think I think that one's a toss-up, too. I think the United States has way more talent, but I think because they have just, uh, you know, they're just, their coach is just yeah. kind of bizarre and unpredictable. Like Wales are Wales slight favorites, actually. Are you saying they're actually the favorites? Yeah, like you know, they're the favorites versus the U.S. in that particular match. Yeah. See, if you listen to American media, you wouldn't think that everyone's like, "Oh, United States are by far the favorites," and and it would be a big not this United problem. States media. I'm terrified of that match. <laughs> yeah, depends which media you listen to. The mainstream media in the United States is very pro United States, and um, then you got like independent media who seems to be more critical of them. But yeah, I think whoever wins that game is you know a fast track. If it's a tie, then both teams fight till another day. But all right, let's... I think it's, I'm going I'm to go for I think it'll be a draw. That's, I'm going to split the difference and just say I think they'll draw. All right, uh, before we get into the U.S., um, who, if you have to pick one team that you're, you know, you're forced to bet half of your next paycheck on a team, ah, the whole paycheck, screw it. You have to put it on one team. What team are you putting it on? Your hopes and dreams for, for getting your next paycheck to win the World Cup. If it's about placing a bet, then Brazil. Because France is too dysfunctional, and Argentina, I think, is close, but they don't have the talent that Brazil has. So I think it has to be Brazil if I'm putting money on it. I, w- I would agree if you're forced to put money. Who who does your heart tell you? Ooh, my heart tells me... I'm getting some sneaky Spain vibes. And the thing that scares me about Spain is obviously... <laughs> I mean, it's the thing that scares everybody else about Spain. It's the finishing. It's like, am I still going to yeah. have to rely on Ferran Torres and Morata to finish? when that's what cost them in the semifinal in the Euros last year. So it's like, they're so good, but that's finishing just terrifies me. Uh, hopefully as the tournament goes on, he's, Luis Enrico finally realized that he cannot have a front three of Sarabia, Torres, and Morata and expect to um, go far in the tournament. I mean, that is just insane to me. Good thing Ansifati scored a goal. Hopefully he can play more. You have other good options as well. But I agree. I, I just can't go with Spain because I, I don't trust those the forward line. But I think they'll have lots of possession because the midfield will be incredible. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um. All right. Let's let, let's talk about the U.S. Uh, I'll just start. I I don't really know. I I don't, I don't even know what to say. My expectations are very low. I'm I'm honestly just hoping that they play entertaining football in the group stage. If they make it out, I would genuinely be surprised at this point. And I'm kind of just hoping that they have respectable performances in all three matches. That's kind of where my expectations are at. Where are yours at? Uh, it's hard to say with expectations. I think that it's they've already kind of squandered this you know, early generation because of the way that they play and the selections that have been made. So it's really hard for me as an American to be excited about this team because um, I want to say the expectations to me, if they were actually being managed correctly, is that they could go to the quarterfinals. I think with the talent they have, that should not be a crazy thing to say. But I do not expect them to get to the quarterfinals because I, um, you know, don't trust the system. I don't trust the coach or the player selection. So I hope that the best thing I can hope for in light of that are some really good individual performances. I'm really excited to watch Yunus Musa, you know, as someone who follows La Liga. He's been really great for Valencia this year. He's exciting. I hope that some other individual players like Christian Pulisic can show their talent. But I think that's what it's going to come down to. And Brendan Aronson, because he's just been lighting up and playing hard for Leeds. I think it's for me more about following those individual storylines and hoping that that the talent can carry the day because I don't think that it's going to come down to um, what they're really capable of as a team because I don't think they're set up for success going into the tournament. Apologize for the negativity. No, this is kind of where I'm at. No, I mean you know I want to be real. I, I'm 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 right there with you. The thing that I'm struggling to consider is would you prefer. A, a flailing performance that sees the current regime sacked immediately and a complete reset four years ahead of the U.S. hosting the World Cup, along with Canada and Mexico, of course? Or uh, do you hope that they play well enough so that you get to watch the U.S. succeed in the World Cup? But it's just good enough to where they're not getting sacked. They're here for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I hope that they play really well and they you know delight everybody. But I hope that it's recognized that after they do well, that it's in spite of the um, people who are in place now in power, including the coach, including a lot of people who run the Federation, United States Federation of Soccer, and that they're able to reset things regardless of how well they do after the World Cup going into 2026. And that's going to require being ambitious about the manager you bring in who can really uh, take advantage of this awesome generation. Uh, who is it? Who's the uh, who's the next manager you want to see get brought in? Uh, it could be someone. I mean... I. I always thought it'd be exciting to have Marcelo Bielsa be the manager. He did it for Chile and he was really good. And what's great about him is that he's just, you could, you know, debate his tactics all the time if he's for you or you're not really for it, but he's exciting as hell. And the United States needs excitement and passion. And that's what they need to see that this game is about, not just about organized, sterile, 
um, you know, boring soccer, but that there's love and beauty in it. And I think someone passionate like that could really excite the American fan base. I hate to use the word sterile because it perfectly describes it and it just makes me kind of mad. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else we could, what else I want to talk about. I think we covered most stuff. Uh, I guess just what are you most excited about? Are you most excited to watch the U.S. or is there something else that you're, are you just thrilled to have the World Cup back and that's it? I have a few storylines. I mean, obviously the Barcelona angle, I am going to watch Spain because I'm really excited that so many Barcelona players are playing yeah. there. I mean, we're the um, entire so, midfield pretty much. <laughs> yeah, the entire midfield, a lot of defenders. Balde just got called up, really happy for him. I saw that. How crazy is that? And he sort of, it's one of those things like get with the program, Luis Enrique. Yeah. I've been watching this season. Like he's clearly the one. I mean, um, it's crazy because his his Barcelona debut was only, I mean, how long ago was it? It's only been a few months now. I mean, he he played last year a little bit, but then he like didn't, then he just like was there and never actually really playing. He just propelled himself into the starting lineup and never let go. Okay, you're right. He didn't make his first team debut. And Xavi didn't, was, was, was very skeptical of him last year when he first came in. So he really did it on merit and based on his performances. And um, that's exciting. You know, I, I kind of wrote about Rafini earlier this week. I think he's going to really shine at the World Cup and give Xavi something to think about. You know, Dembele, all these guys all over the world are watching these Barcelona players and really excited to see them do well. And then there's other projects, like I mentioned, Canada, just because I, I love good football wherever it's played. So I'm rooting for good football wherever it's happening. And I think there's countries like Canada and Japan who are doing it really well and Denmark who are just playing above their level because they've got things going on well. And um, let's be honest, I think this is something we have to say before we go. Um, you know, Messi in Argentina, it's amazing. I never thought that he would be in a position to win a world cup, but the fact that they're just clicking so well with their coach and with their, with their team the last few years, it's really exciting to see that the, he actually could for his legacy, get a world cup on books. I almost didn't even want to talk about it because I feel like speaking it is, uh, dangerous at this point. That is my, like, I mean, you, you might feel the same way, regardless of Spain, like the U S winning it is out of the realm of possibilities of like the, all the realistic possibilities. I mean, like how can you not root for Argentina to win? Yeah. And can you imagine like all this criticism he's taken about like not being able to do it for his national team and he just won the Copa America and now he could win the world cup potentially or have a really good showing. And then there'd be no debate about him being the greatest of all time. Do you, that would do, be really sweet. Do you know who they replaced Correa with by chance off the top of your head? I heard that some MLS player just got called in from Argentina. I'm not sure. I think they had a few injuries. Who else? Uh, so okay. Angel, Angel Correa from Atletico was brought in. And then an MLS player as well was brought in. Because Joaquin Correa, I think, was injured. And someone else, too, for Argentina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Gonzalez. I, don't, I can't remember his first name. Nicholas Gonzalez, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, Atlanta United's own Almada was called up. Okay. I didn't realize he played there for Atlanta go. United somehow. Uh Shows how much attention I pay to the MLS. Um, I think that's all we got. Uh, Nick, as always, thank you for joining us. Are you going to be writing anything World Cup specific during, or are you just going to enjoy it? I think so. I'll do some writing, probably just try to pick up the Barcelona angles and see like who's really doing well and whatever storylines emerge. But um, I'll definitely be motivated to write something. Uh, and we didn't, we honestly, we didn't even talk about the Netherlands because I don't know what oh. to expect from them other than I'm just, I'm really hoping. Because here's the thing, watching Virgil van Dijk when he's good is he's one of the few defenders that you focus on him when you're watching because he's so physically gifted 
his aerial ability is ridiculous. That's what makes his strange start to the Liverpool season so weird. But again, Netherlands watching him and Frankie is going to be awesome. So I'm uh, bullish. I think they're going to do well. I think they are. And Frankie's going to do really well. So I think they could. I think I have them in my bracket, at least going to the quarterfinals, maybe even the semis. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, everyone check out Nick's writing at BarcelonaBlogranas.com throughout the World Cup and all of the other World Cup coverage at SBNation.com. And as always, Nick, thank you for joining me. Thank you.